0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show, with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m.
1: with J. Doc, and Krausey.
2: If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now.
1: Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. And live here on a Saturday night for hour number two of the Labor Show, the John Doherty Hour, as part of the Labor Show with Doc and Krause as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210. W P H T J Doc, good opening hour. Lot to cover, a lot of ground, big list, big agenda for the John Doherty hour here in hour number two.
3: Yeah, no, I couldn't wait to get to uh this hour. We obviously started with a great hour with Ryan Boyer, Chris Woods, and Jerry Jordan. And uh I talk about the who's who in, in Philly Labor, right? Um, doesn't get back bigger than, than than these two hours and, and uh so uh happy to have Doc on. Doc, how are you, sir? Good, Joe. How's everything? A little slippery out there, guys. Be careful. Oh, it's, it's funny you should mention that. I, yeah, I just I think I slipped on the way in, <laughs> yeah, in, right. in, in, in the Krause's uh, office here. So uh, somebody's getting a call. But yeah, no doubt it is. It is slippery out there. And um, let's just uh, you know kind of just start right off, John. Uh, one of the things uh, that uh, you know we talked about during the week was wanting to educate labor, uh, I mean I mean, the general public, on labor and what we're about. And one of those things that people, uh, you know, they'll look at us and they'll judge us on this, and they do not understand what it means. And I want to clear this up, and I want to educate people. John, when, when, when people see Scabby, Scabby the Rat, okay, what does that actually mean? That means somebody's taking advantage of workers. Would you elaborate there because so many people look at it and, and they and they completely misunderstand what it means?
2: Well, the reason, Joe, why we're talking about the rat today, scabby the rat, is because the Biden administration, okay, their Department of Labor, reversed the Trump administration's attempt to ban the union's use of the inflatable rat. You know, and we have a couple cases pending that are serious legal cases about the rat, which will now not have to move forward. In fact, the the, the rat and, you know, better known as Scabby, uh, has is synonymous with someone working on that job site, which is probably not paying wages and standards. And in most cases, I like to say they're not union non-union, they're union, non-human. Most of the people inside places, okay, I was on, uh, stopped myself uh, on uh, Cumberland Street. There's a building going up there in Port Richmond where, you know, the neighborhood's up in arms. But I walked in the building the other day with one of the other young kids who works with us, and I took a leak, and it was like seven, seven, eight, nine. You know, when I took a peek, it was like, uh, I guess, at least nine guys, they scattered, speaking no English, and it's not, you know, the most significant piece. It's just these guys and these kids, and in some cases, older people are being taken advantage of, you know, and, and the scat, the, the scabby to the rat has a, uh, you know, will identify that that's a problem there, and there's a tremendous amount of other things. They don't, I mean, when you go on a job where there's a rat, you're probably going to realize that. You know, the job's being install, uh, installed uh, without all proper materials. You know, you probably have people in there that don't really have any industry today. day workers. They're most definitely not paying taxes. You know, there's no workman's comp. You know, people tell me all the time, well, how come, you know, you don't see uh, all these accident reports? with the, with the non-union wall, I said, because you don't know if they get hurt. Most of them get paid cash, and you don't even know if they go to hospital. And the RAT is synonymous with... You know, bad uh, work, bad, you know, uh, ability to play better roles. So, and we're looking forward, we're going to celebrate by purchasing a whole bunch uh, more of the rat and the family of the rat. And, you know, we had the rat mobile, which, you know, we got a kick out of for, for a long period of time. And I have to let you know, you know, some people say, oh, that's terrible. Well, not really. You'd be shocked at how many people come up, especially people out of town, that want to take a picture with it that want to make sure, you know, and our guys are, you know, well-educated that if someone wants to come up and, you know, ask you questions, explain to them what the rat stands for, you know, and if they want to take a picture, we keep, you know, we keep the rat out. We put different T-shirts on the rat, you know, all kinds of little novelties. We have little handouts and we even had little, you know, little uh, six inch rats there for a period of time that just said, you know, you know, build union by American. Um, There's, there's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good moment when you see that, because that means that people are objecting to their work being done, you know, in a manner that isn't what we're accustomed to. So I'm and always you know what? there to see it because it means that union's working hard.
3: And and you know what else, John? So we had a show, I guess, well over a year ago where um, young Ed Pena Jr. was on the program and he brought in individuals who... Uh, had had worked for a non-union outfit, uh, I guess it was on Broad Street, it was like 15 stories, 16 stories, mm-hmm. you know, they were working under the radar, so they were working on weekends and late at night, and it, the work conditions were so bad that, that these particular individuals, and this is as true as the day is long, called their wives, they were calling their wives uh, at, uh, while they were on their way up the building to say that if they didn't come home, that this is this is why they didn't come home, and so finally they called, they called the uh, the the, the, uh, the union up and said, "Listen, we're being taken advantage of, but not only that, our lives are being risked." And one thing that people, I've been saying this for ages, uh, people look at us, uh, you know, when they when they see the rat or they see you know some kind of a a line or a demonstration, and they and they think it's us bullying somebody. The truth is. What we're doing is letting people know that somebody's taking advantage of somebody else. We're not letting somebody else take it, bully somebody else. And so, um, I just but they don't know that, J. Well, exactly. I I mean, and it's it. it, it, Listen, I
1: live for the day when I see everyone in the region standing and applauding for the unions who do so much for the community and for the city and and they don't do it and, and, and the, rat. the people the people and, and because of that the visual of the rat i have always felt not hearing the way john described it i get But from a public perspective, I always felt—and Doc, I'm open to your welcome your comments on this—I always felt that the rat hurt the unions because the public perception of what it means.
3: Well, that's what we're talking about right now. That's why we're educating people to let people know that the rat signifies that we're standing up for somebody, not not bullying somebody or pushing somebody around. Yeah, but you know that. You know that, Doc. Joe, think about
2: this. The lead story on the labor show, one of the first decisions that the Biden Department of Labor made was about the rat. So it's obviously effective. Absolutely. Okay. And- so it's, so if it, it, it made its way to be you know, and we have people that file national labor relations board charges against me for it all the time. We have we, the Rod Setters Union put it up in front of a, a residential development sales office this week. Mike Knox, he put it up in, you know, great leader. Uh, he sent me a picture of it about 10 after 6. By quarter of 7, this is in the morning, 10 after 6 a.m., he puts it up. He sends me a picture. He, he also sends me a picture around 6.30. So by 10 of 7, he has people approach him. What can you do to get that down from in front of the sales office? So, you know, the people who opposed, you know, who were opposed to that type of protest, remember, that's the First Amendment. Okay, so the people who were opposed to that, you know, had a friend in the Trump administration. And they, you know, the Department of Labor, which was a Chamber of Commerce-led administration, you know, a management administration, you know, now... Well, you know, they got a significant strong message from President Biden that, hey, this is a freedom of speech, and this is legal, and this is going to be allowed. And, you know, so, but Joe, I have to tell you, in, in, in my all my travels, okay, when we first put them up, the people you expect to call you about it, call you. But I've had way more, I've had way more, how can I put it, um uh, Joe Average, people who don't understand, want to know about it, uh, have been very, you know, complimentary about it. And again, I mean, think about it. You know, I can tell you I've had no less, no less than in my lifetime. While I was someplace present, I've been present on a lot of these, no less than 50 to 100 people in the last five years, okay, with their families when to get pictures taken with it. So, look, I, I understand the awkwardness of it. You know, I understand that everybody would like us to be pristine, you know, white and clean. And, and when I said it had nothing to do with racial, but with just perfect everything, you know, we you know, you just OK, if you lose a job, you just walk away. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's a uh, you know, it's a, it's a form of the First Amendment is going to continue. It irritates people. But more importantly, it identifies it identifies that there's a problem and probably a law being broken there. So it's, I think it works out well. I think it's something that we're very appreciative of. And, and, again, like I told you, we're going to go out and add to that form of protest this week. And we've got a couple tricks up our sleeve, too. Much like we uh, unveiled the, uh, the rat mobile. Okay, we're going to come up with a few ideas that uh, we've, we've you know, been working on that are, you know, now that this is uh, 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 an accepted and legal form of the First Amendment, we're going to capitalize on it and a couple of our friends in town who don't play by any of the rules are about to get a couple surprises in the near future.
1: The John Doherty Hour is part of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of the Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk. I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-Labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart.
1: And back here on the John Doherty Hour as part of the Labor Show with Jay Dock and Krause. We're live on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. It's 60 Minutes with John Doherty every week right here. Uh, as part of uh, the labor show, J. Doc, hour number two, uh, we get comments, we get conversation, great conversation uh, with John. John, I want to get you to comment on the um, situation with the school district and the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers. Jerry Jordan was uh, part of a trio uh, and a guest on uh, in the opening hour uh, of the show tonight. Um, what's your thoughts? Do you see a resolution uh, there, John? Oh course there has to be a resolution at some you know, point right? you know i mean you have you know everybody
2: understands and you know i look at it from our perspective you know we had a uh, a tremendous uh, group of support from our business managers we have a tremendous amount of you know county young business managers led by you heard ryan Boyer, you know previously on the phone uh I, mean, I, I can go through 10 or 12 names that are i mean first or second term business managers have done a fabulous job. We handled COVID okay as well as anybody in the country. You've heard the story, you know, our rules our policies were adopted by OSHA nationally. You know, we were able to keep almost every job moving. Even when we had significant, you know, COVID exposure, we were able to clean it up, move it around, put our people in different directions. We use modern technology to keep our people separated. You know, and our people did a great job. And construction workers you know, at an industry where you would think that they, we wouldn't take orders well. You know, the mask and separation were on top of each other. But people forgot we are conditioned to wear safety gear. So it was just another layer that we added. Uh, the school district has their hands full. You know, I know, and, you know, I'm kind of uh, middled here for because the people who have done most of the check and balances for the school district most recently during this COVID uh, problem have been you know, significant unions from the Philadelphia Building Trades. Gary Messina and his group, you know, have done so much air management and quality control with the air, you know, in the school district. They're the ones in his group. He has people that have been testing for months now. And, again, they're, you know, they're they're dealing with a, a difficult hand. There's a lot of schools that antiquate it. There's a lot of schools that have tons of asbestos in it. Because initially when we shut down with the Philadelphia Building Trades, we the laborers union, and Ryan Boyer, and the asbestos workers, and Steve Pettit, who not only met with the school district, but met with the governor, the mayor, everyone, to try to get into these schools and clean as much of them out as we can. Now, we've done so many things, you know, gratis over the years, but these are pay jobs. They're significant jobs. There's significant safety requirements. We have the Jimmy Snell, who we always talk about, and and Local 420 in the UA, Wayne Miller, you know, the boilermakers, and John. These guys have done a tremendous amount of work in these schools. Building. There's a significant problem with money. Everybody always talks about it being underfunded. But there's a, bit, a bigger issue, too, because I, I believe over the years, and I can't sit there and, and tell you when and where, but I believe there's been money allocated okay, over the years to renovate and clean some of these schools up that probably wasn't used correctly, that probably was put in a position to balance a budget, or in some cases even used for raises. That's a significant course, and we're all all about, you know, raising the lifestyle and wages of everybody. Now, the one problem I always have, and and Ryan and myself get beat up on this on a regular basis by our teacher friends. Okay, because oh, well, you like charter schools. No, I don't like charter schools. I just like kids to be educated. The mayor came to us immediately, okay, when he became the mayor and said, hey, we have a construction program in the Philadelphia public school system we have at least 50 kids that have completed it that are 100% interested in being in the Philadelphia building Trains. And despite what you might hear on some other radio stations or reading the paper, as usual, we say, yes, we'll take them. Okay? It's like when well, we had our deal with the Philadelphia Housing Authority, like we had our previous deal with the public school system where we took over 1,100 kids. So we take the 50 kids right out of the school district. You know, our business reps and business managers, one being Frank Costanza, attend every registration session, every prep session, on and on and on. We run them through a pre-apprenticeship initiative. Okay? We then test them at the end. These are the 50 kids that really, really, really want to be in the building trades. Okay? We took the time. We did everything we could. We funded ourselves. We partnered with whoever the education entity is. In some cases, it could be that, you know, if it's up in University City, it could be Penn or Drexel, or if it's up in North Philadelphia Temple or the Labor's Union, you know. So they were reading at a fourth grade level when we finally tested them at the end of the premise. So that handcuffs them in this industry. That's not the only tool you need, and that's not to say you, you know, you have to have, you know, a 12th grade reading apparatus, but you need to. The, you know, I, I just think that something's wrong, you know, and that's, and, that, and I have that conversation with Jerry and my friends in the teachers union. So, you know, I just think that, you know, someone along the line, could you imagine, you know, I seen a report the other day, they said that, you know, I don't know how many third graders are, you know, what people are reading at, you know, so significantly less than where they should be. Could you imagine like if half the buildings that we wired, when you flip the switch on, the lights didn't work? Or when you went into the, you know, the kitchen, you turn the water on and the water then going run. Okay? And that's minimalizing, you know. I want to make sure that these kids have every opportunity to not only learn to read and write, but to go to school safely. But I also want to make sure that somewhere along the line, you know, we can't, you know, after 20 years of being in leadership or 20 years of, you know, have been the school superintendent, all of a sudden we realized that the buildings aren't ready for kids or teachers. Now COVID has woke everybody up. Okay. And I have a really good view of COVID. I've had it. I still have that fatigue factor. Okay. But I also have a strong opinion that when you get paid to be a leader, you got to lead. Okay. And when you get paid to represent people, you got to represent them. And especially when you represent kids. You know, so for me, I just, you know, and I tell the mayor this. You know, I tell them, and uh, I just want to let you know. The mayor and a few people in the food and beverage industry have all reached out right after the show, you know, it was last week, and the people in the food and beverage industry were laughing. They were telling me, oh, you mentioned these two or three guys. So I want to let you know, Krause, and I want to let you know, j that people are listening to this hour. You know, but again, the, the, not to sidetrack. Yeah, I think that it's a difficult situation. I think there's a compromise. There's schools that you could start putting kids in, you know, that you know will pass the testing. I know the people who are testing them. They're serious people. I know Gary Messina and the people. I know this education facility right down Bell Avenue. That's just not a union hall. That's his training center. That training center is amazing. Okay, right up in Northeast Philly, and go through the. UAs, union halls, I mean, and their training facilities. They're amazing. So these people who were doing the testing and telling people that this needs to be done. Now, we pointed out, again, like I told you, early COVID and a couple jobs, larger jobs, the asbestos problem is rather large. So large that I wouldn't let people work with certain jobs. So, of course, I'm not going to ask the future to go in until we cleaned it out. But at the end of the day, if the people who work with us let people know that the building is clean and clear. The building is clean and clear. Now, that's not to say there's other stipulations, you know, that have to be met, you know, the mass and the, the separation and, the, you know, changing the number of kids in a classroom. But under this environment, I never let any of our collective bargaining agreements affect how we handle our world when the pandemic hit. So, I, I, that's not a criticism. that's just how I do business. You know sometimes you got to loosen up the collective bargain agreement you know, because something you know like a once- in-a lifetime pandemic hits. and I think on both sides people have to be a little you know less uh, uh, I, I don't hard, You're hard line right? I think that you know, yeah hard line. but I just think that there's a tremendous opportunity right now. Uh, We've got to put kids back to, back to school and the, the school's got to be clean and safe. And there's a tremendous amount of problems because we have multiple allies assistance initiatives. You know, we have our ACAP at the building trades, and we also, which I'm the chairman of, and I also have a very, my finger on the pulse of what's going on in Local 98. Anybody who tells you that there's not a serious increase, okay, in antidepressant and alcohol and other issues, doesn't know what's going on. I can tell you, and it's significant, and it's just not the member, it's the spouse. And it's bigger numbers of spouse than I've ever seen before.
3: And, and John, you talk about the kids. I mean, there's there's more issues with kids trying to be educated at home in their living room, trying to get them to stay on a computer for six straight hours with all of the other things, you know, interfering all day long. Um, There are issues... That our kids are going through that are unprecedented a student how about kids that are going from kindergarten to first graders or eighth grade to high school um, their first year of high school and you know they're doing it on a computer not to mention the social issues and all those things um, there's just so much going We're on the one minute no break. no question but on this issue uh, so many people are up in arms because it's 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 affecting so many people the
1: John Doherty Hour. Well, you weren't
3: hour. expecting me to say that, were you, Crousey?
1: <laughs> uh, John, I expect you to te- to say it the way it is, brother, and that's what you always do. The Labor Show with Crousey and J-Doc. It's the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Ironworkers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420.
3: We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working.
1: Back here live on the John Doherty Hour as part of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. We're live every Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. The way it is, according to John Doherty. How's that sound, J. Dock?
3: Right, right from the horse's mouth. That's what right. you That's eating peanuts? You put them there. Right? Don't you put the peanuts Coming out of the break, please. John, I'm going to need the rat up here <laughs> in uh, Abington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sometime right. in the next 15 minutes, if it's possible. <laughs> um, I'm not getting a lunch break. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, John, let's talk about the uh, vaccine rollout in Philly. Um, lots going on, um, a lot of logistics involved. Talk about it.
2: Well, yeah. You know, I, I wish there was less politics involved and more vaccines distributed. You know, we at the Philadelphia Building Trades have been working with the Philadelphia Health Department. You know, I actually communicate with Jack O'Neill about it every day. Uh, we're, we're trying to make sure, from our perspective, anybody and everybody in the Philadelphia Building Trades, you know, we're trying to prep so that when it's our turn, we make sure that everybody gets vaccinated. Now, you know, this week you had to roll out and you had... You counsel people and, you, had Alan Baum, you know, they had the big press conference and it was supposed to be something with a link and, you know, and there really, there was there was no eagles there and there was no vaccine there. So it was really a, a non-factor to me, you know, but, uh, you know, I have, you know, worked with Ryan Boyer, Michael Barnes, and a few other people at the convention center. They continue to prep the convention center to make it a large distribution center of, of vaccines, and now the FEMA looks like they're looking at that location. We had we had a walkthrough, you know, maybe two weeks ago, and we've had many conversations over the last two weeks, you know. So prior to everybody, you know, uh, rallying their favorite spot, and of course, you know, the, the, the Eagles Stadium, especially in a, a week or two leading up to the Super Bowl, is always attractive. It's always in the news. You always think of, you know, you think about Carson Wentz, but you know. The mayor, and again, look, I tell you all the time, you know, I disagree with him on, you know, a few items, but I try to do things behind closed doors because I believe that no mayor, okay, has had what he's had to deal with. He's not what, you know, he's a Democratic liberal mayor in in a sanctuary city that has to deal with Donald Trump. So he was in complete conflict with the president from day number one. And he was the loudest, most public, out-in-front critic of Donald Trump when Donald Trump's numbers were extremely strong. And he drew the ire of a lot of the Philadelphia Trump people. Okay, then he walks into a, you know, once-in-a-lifetime pandemic, God willing, that it's only a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. Then he walks into social uprising. And, you know, as I told you, if he asked any of the inside baseball players, that encampment was way more it was a literal time bomb for the mayor you know i know he had intel that you know there there will be traps and that sounds crazy you know so you got to be careful because remember if you're a mayor of a big city the worst thing that could happen to you is somebody you make a decision and a series of people get hurt by it now i'm not talking like the everyday decisions and i i understand like i i have a difference of opinion on a whole lot of things, you know, and, uh, stopping people in cars, you know, I, I, I don't say racial profiling, even though it is because, you know, I've lived in the city and been stopped many times. And I imagine Jay doc, you've been stopped many times. Okay. And, uh, I've ran out of schoolyards, drink a beer when I shouldn't have been drinking beer as a kid, you know? So, but I've never been against that. Okay. I've been always make, you know, keep our neighborhood safe. So I always had conflicts, you know, with Jim over things like that. But the the situation that he walked into Trump with him and being complete opposites, pandemic, the social uprising. OK, I mean, they're just once in a lifetime items, you know. So when when he's trying to get vaccines out, I don't think there's anybody in government. Now, I've told you. I think the black doctors should have been included more. i said that from day number one, because the city is split, you know, not only politically, geographically, and, you know, much like the country. It seems like, you know, if one person's for something, the other person isn't. You know, hopefully we can met, you know, we amend that. But I think it's a tough time. I think that the mayor is, uh, and again, I'm not a gigantic fan of his health commissioner, you know, and I have union reasons for that. You know, I had a job in Marriott that had you know, 50 cars from Florida, Georgia, uh, uh, Texas, parked outside the Marriott doing work. I told it, run and ramp it, a block and a half from City Hall, and I couldn't get the response that I wanted, you know, and the, the response that we needed. But again, you know, that, that was an nice isolated job, and you know, and uh, so I understand the frustration people will have with commissioner, but I actually believe the mayor wants to get as many vaccines as he can get here. He gets 20,000 a week, or whatever it is, I think 20,000, whatever the number is, he wants 50,000. And the female relationship will do that. And I think that if everybody, you know, jumps in the same boat and rows in the same direction, it'll be better for Philadelphia.
3: John, you're you, you talking about the safety of the city. You're talking, there was about the mayor and, and, Um, There was no blueprint, no question about it. Uh, Nobody's ever seen anything like the pandemic, uh, you know, that that, that has hit us in 2020. And, and, um, you you know, everything became politics, literally everything. Um, And, you know, especially what you you mentioned, the difference in Washington and on the local level. Um, With the new administration, do you see uh, a more serene landscape And more people rolling in the same direction, uh, obviously, particularly in getting this vaccine out?
2: Oh, of course. Right now, I think you have a lot of people hanging on the edges out there. Look, you have everybody in city council wants to be mayor. I think half, like 50% of city council have said they haven't rolled it out. Okay? And so, you know, the difference between rolling out an initiative on a Thursday in this council session versus having a press conference, either in front of the Leah chorus or the Eagles or whatever, that was about far from there. That's the difference. Okay. And I've been involved in that. I, I understand that arena. Okay. But this is a very difficult time. And I've had COVID bad yet. And I'm telling you, I had two weeks where you can't breathe, your chest is killing you, you stand up, your head hurts, you forget what you're thinking about. Okay, that's bad. And and I don't want people playing politics with vaccinations. So instead of trying to take credit, okay, the guy's the mayor, the guy's the governor, okay, uh, Darrell's the council president, you know, let them do what they got to do to get the vaccinations into Philadelphia.
1: You know, we just got to get people vaccinated. John the Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, part of the uh, Labor Show with J. Dock and Krause. We'll get to a commercial break. Back in a moment.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause are presented by DC33, Local 1637, News Guild 10, and IBEW Local 98. Choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor when planning your next project.
1: Back here on the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT along with J. Doc. I'm Joe Krause on a Saturday night uh, with John Doherty. We're live and local for the full hour, hour number two. Uh, of the uh, Labor Show. Uh, Jada, quick shout-out. I want to uh, reach out our good friend Brad Sadek from Sadek & Cooper. I put a call out on Facebook, as you know. Um, the it's There's just an enormous, enormous need, and everybody on this call already uh, helps and contributes to me uh, so much with Krause's Coats. I put a call out. Uh, I'm looking for slightly worn men's coats. I need them. Brad Sadek reached out to me today. Great friend. Um, yeah, great friend of the show just to uh, – we bought 20 pairs of gloves, courtesy of Brad Sadek. I'll, I'll distribute them out over the next couple of days, uh, but all good stuff, Jay.
3: Absolutely. Shout out to Brad. And one of the things we like to do with the program also is because we're so uh, bad at bragging about what we do, I want to give a shout out to, to Councilman Bobby Heenan uh, for all his work to feed to help, uh, and, and help out the hungry in, in, in uh, his district. Um, he does an amazing job. Um, and these are the things that we don't talk about, and I know Bobby doesn't talk about them, um, and 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 I know John. Well,
1: I know our host doesn't talk about what he does either. So... Oh, oh yeah,
3: no doubt about it. But he does an amazing job, and I got wind of it the other day, and I'm really astonished um, about the numbers and and the uh, of the impoverished and the hungry. And uh, I gotta say, John, um, it, you know it's staggering, especially during this pandemic, how many people. Um, that have been helped, uh, you know, through Bobby and and, and what he's doing?
2: Yeah, you you have to understand, Bobby, you know, I know because I'm carrying the same baggage Bobby is at this time. Bobby took a different twist. Bobby decided to go back to his district and be the best council person he can be. And boy, has he done that. Okay, you know, it was funny. I mentioned last week because Bobby was caught up a little bit in the in the vaccination uh, scandal that was going on inside of uh, council. You know, if somebody like one side, and that was the side that had the issue, and then people said, oh, well, why? And, And we talked about that. So then I mentioned that we should be paying attention to what Bobby has done during the pandemic. And, you know, anybody who's on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or anything, you know, Bobby's all over it. But if you take a look at the numbers that he's pumping out, They're ridiculous. And what I I mean, he serves over 6,000 families a week with free food boxes. But more importantly, and Bobby always was a great, you know, go-to guy. He was a great field operator. He was a great political director, for local 98. And then he eventually started a lot of things for the trades. And at one point we had, you know, we had our work in family school where Bobby was sort of a go-to guy, you know, to get things done for us. And he always delivered. Administratively, he was always on top. You know, he's put together a little infrastructure. There's over 100 volunteers a week. Okay? And a lot of them are out of work, hospitality people, who really understand what it's like. And some of them were helping their own families because, you know, the hospitality industry got shut down. And I know Bobby was always a big fan, always talking about Sharon Pegginson and the movies and tax credits and, you know, and hotels. And Bobby understood the magnitude of them jobs other than the construction jobs. But what he's done now, he has... 15 sites in low-income parts of his district where they can get food seven days a week. also has a, a, believe it or not, his district. Outside of Chinatown, he has one of the largest, you know, populations of Chinese, and he's got a little section there where he's got 500 Chinese language families who get food and supplies. But here's one that, you know, a little different than I don't. He also has a big working-class family population up there also, okay, he has the largest diaper bank distribution center in village. Wow. He not only does that, but he provides baby formula and things like that. He gives out more than 5,000 diapers a week. Okay, and he also started a small business uh, a help center. And he said, you know, when uh, he was talking to a couple of our people, probably uh, talking to Brian Edison, Brian said that because Brian helps him out a lot of stuff up there he's got over 260 businesses who are struggling with COVID who have come in and have asked Bobby for some sort of help. So if you start to take a look at that, the infrastructure of getting 100 volunteers every day out there is amazing. To being super diversified and helping all parts of your area, okay, from the Chinese speaking, okay, to the young families that, you know, in the hospitality industry who got rocked with this to the people who have families that all of a sudden saw their jobs dry up and making formula and diapers and, and all things like that available, to being able to help over 260 businesses. I doubt anybody who, you know, any of these unnamed sources or anybody that was critical sure. of Bobby Hainan at any time in the last six weeks, okay, have not done one one-millionth of what he's done in his district. Okay, to help the people who live and vote for Bobby Heenan in you know, the
3: councilmatic district. Amazing, JDoc. Do That's do you, do you, why we do the show, by the way.
1: Do you understand the magnitude, dude, of, of what it means to be able to do that? And and, and here's the thing, J-Doc, that I think a lot of people miss out on. Do you understand what that means for the people that receive?
3: that support joe and let me jump on it's, there for it, a second it's a lifeline it is. for them dude and and a lot of these you know like john said there's a lot of working families that have never been in this situation before and it's so difficult to ask for a handout when you're when you when you know when you when you have been working your whole life and you've been working uh to feed your family and covet has shut your industry down um and john you mentioned the hospitality industry um that's a, that's an industry we never thought in our entire life would get impacting. Do um, you, you ever think that it would get this way, number one? And number two, how do we bring it back when, you know, as, as minutes, we come out of this four thing? Minutes. Well, it's, it's,
2: it's a very difficult question. Michael Barnes, myself, and a group of other people go through it every single day. Every single day from you noticed, all the outdoor drive-through entertainment to the, you know, the pop-up movie theaters. And it's funny, the stagehands have had their fingerprints on a lot of that. They've worked with their partners like Live Nation, you know, and I know that they're really, you know, tight with a lot of the guys nationally. So Michael's been able to bring in a lot of people. Again, movies have been slowed up. Everything's been slowed up. The hospitality industry. Now, the hospitality industry, as we once knew it, Okay, much like, okay, the uh, office building environment, as we once knew, it will never be the same. You know, but how do we get back to having that many people visit Philly and, and the region? And how do we get back to, you know, doing these high-rise construction projects again? Exactly with what we're doing. It change, like, you know, the hospitality industry. Okay? You see what they're doing, whatever they can. You know, instead of a convention business, they became more of a leisure seeker business. You know, they're trying to supply as many opportunities for people who can get out, who have expendable income, you know, to give them what they need. You know, the, the, the delivery service of food and the relationships between specific food and beverage guys and, you know, apartment buildings. I mean, there's so many, a lot of people they're thinking, has one. And I believe that, Philly will be one of the first to bounce back. You know, you'll have the the areas that have water and, you know, the Miamis and things like that and the Californias. But there's nobody else out there, New York, Atlanta, San Fran, that will be able to stay with us when it comes to the amount of different neighborhoods and things to see, when it comes to all the historic history here and museums, when it comes to the high quality of, you know, uh, uh, restaurants and all the changing you know, things that we're doing in Philly. And again, for me, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. We talked about it a few weeks ago, making it a gaming mecca. Okay, people like sports, give them what they want. Tie it in with the f and people. You know, if it's if it's movies they want, let's tie do something special. If it's colleges and meds and eds and pharmaceuticals and Navy Yards and, you know, different townships and, you know, the, the waterfront development and East Market and everything, let's give them what they want. And let's produce something that you know what people want to see. You can get lost in Philly for two weeks and never see the same thing twice.
1: Absolutely, John Dougherty with us for the full hour. Last uh, question for you tonight, Doc. Um, out of left you know field, anybody but, give me an out
2: boy about Gronk? I told everybody <laughs> that Gronk before, yes. maybe a couple times.
1: That's you right. Know? Absolutely, no no doubt about that. Uh, and
2: I had Tampa Bay. First win I had in a couple of weeks with you, so I can't take you that
1: credit. <laughs> Is Carson leaving, and, Doc? What's what's the yeah, word? Listen, he, he's gone, well, right? I, I,
2: I'll give you some good scoop. A good friend of ours was down in Florida. They were golfing in the same world as Jeff Lurie and a, a couple of our more prominent NFL players. And no, they haven't got what they want yet. It's going to be probably a bigger deal. You're probably going to see Ertz or somebody, you know, also in the deal. You know, I think they've got multiple seconds in packages. I don't think they got a first yet for him. And they just ain't giving them away, nor do I think they should. You know, and I, I've also heard and I've read in the paper something that we talked about two weeks ago. I said that when they brought Brian Johnson in, you know, the quarterback coach, he was a quarterback at Utah, you know, he's an offensive-minded man, he's uh, African-American, he's aggressive, and he has history with Jalen Hurts. Okay, and Jalen Hurts is his father. So they didn't bring him in to, you know, recoup. Okay, Carson Wentz. They brought him in to, you know, make, you know, Hurts into a star. Okay, so I still think they to. I still think they'll move him. I don't think they got the deal they wanted. I think they got up until another, you know, three, four weeks, five weeks before they have to give him the ten million dollar bonus. I think it's early March, and uh, I still think that uh, the Colts will be the landing spot. I don't think they're going to retrain anybody else. The
1: Colts. John Doherty Hour. Test hour on radio, man. Telling you, J Doc, the way it is. That's going to do it for hour number two of The Labor Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. On behalf of John Doherty, on behalf of J Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time,
0: everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.